Welcome to Chat About. Chat About today is sponsored by Beltrami Electric Cooperative, the Bemidji Chrysler Center and Honda of Bemidji, and Higgins Heating, Air Conditioning, and Refrigeration. Alexis Joyce is my guest today. She's with the Bemidji Fire Department, and they're celebrating the grand opening of Station Number 4. She'll have the details on that and a ton of other stuff regarding the fire department on Chat About. Alexis, thanks for being here today. Thank you very much for having me. So you got a big event, the, by you I mean the fire department, uh, coming up uh, this weekend, right? Yeah, Saturday the 23rd from 1 to 4. We are having our quote-unquote grand opening of Station 4. And unfortunately, we are a couple years behind of having this event because the station has been open since um, we built it. So it's been open to firefighters, but this will be the first ever time we are welcoming community members in just because of... Um, stuff that went on in the world and (laughs) leadership change in our offices. There was a lot of moving parts that went into this. So this was finally the best time for us to open it up, open up our doors and welcome everyone in. So Saturday, we'll be able to get a look at station four and where is station four actually? Yeah. So the address is actually 920 Winter Sumac Road and it's north of town. So if you take highway 71 up right after Glidden Road, the road's going to merge into one lane it'll be your very next right and then you'll see the station right on your right hand side maybe a less than a quarter mile in okay and what all are we going to be able to do when we get to station four on saturday yeah we're excited uh first you're going to get to see the place so you would be one of the first ever community members get to see it which is uh, very exciting for us it's a beautiful facility that we just got built and we had never had a station quote-unquote four before we were renting a little garage and it was it was there for what we needed but we finally have our own home that we're all very very excited to uh, call our own and so you'll get a tour of the new station and all the the facilities in itself you'll help us push in our brand new engine and so we got our newest engine to us we've actually had the oldest engine (laughs) and that was our engine eight and so that one's going to its uh it's spot to hang out for a little bit and get some much needed rest. And now we're getting a new engine. Engine <laughs> nice. four will be our new frontline engine for our station. And so mm-hmm. you'll help us with our push-in ceremony, which is a very uh, monumental thing in the fire service. And so when a new when a station gets a new piece of apparatus, they'll get it there. They'll drive it up to the bay floor doors. And then it's um, the responsibility of the crew of the station to physically push that engine into its home. And so... We're pretty excited about that ceremony. It'll be the first one that I'm aware of that has happened anytime recently in Bemidji Fire history. And and what time will that happen on Saturday? Yeah, so the hope is to uh, push the engine in probably around like 1.30, so right at the beginning of the event, so kind of get some people there for the first half hour, push it in, so rough estimate would be about 1.30. Okay. Um, And and we had, so that station four indicates to me that we have at least four stations now. Yes, sir. In Bemidji. Um, so what was the impetus for building Station 4? Why did we need Station 4 out there? Yeah, it's a good question. So for our requirements to be a firefighter, along with physical and doctors and lots of other uh, application process stuff that I'm sure plenty of people will hear about at some point when we come back here, um, one of the requirements is you must live within eight minutes of a fire station. And so prior to Station 4 being there, even our our garage that we had. Uh, prior to that, we have one, obviously, downtown. That's our main station. We have one in Nymore, and then we have one connected to the airport. And so if you don't live within eight minutes of either of those three, 
you weren't eligible to be a firefighter at that time. And so for us, that takes a large portion of people when it comes to the northern township area and people that we could definitely open our doors to to be uh, part of our family, our fire family. And so the addition of that four station really allowed us to uh, broaden our scope of how many firefighters we can have because unfortunately right now recruitment and retention is just a very difficult process within the fire service just all over the world. And so giving us that bigger reach to reach more people in the community was huge. We could have looked at changing our response time. And so widening that scope of you don't have to live within eight minutes, you have to live within 12 minutes. But then we thought to ourselves that now we're lessening our quality of um, production that we're giving the community members that are asked upon us to come serve them. And so instead of allowing more time to get to the stations, which in turn would take it longer, take them longer to get to the scene. We opened up a new station with the same requirements, which is still a small response time and then keep that quality of service. Now that's interesting because I, I guess I would have assumed that that was for fires to the North, which obviously it can be. And it does. Yes. But it's, it's also, so somebody who lives to the North can get to a truck and that truck might just go to a totally different area, right? Yes. And so, so a firefighter can get to a truck within eight minutes. Absolutely. And that's another point reasoning for it too. You're spot on is we've actually had a few fires now since opening Station 4 where Station 4 members get to their truck and get to the scene prior to the downtown station that has our career staff solely because there's been a couple instances where unfortunately those career members had their first due engine out at a call that just happened to be south of town. Mm. And so when it takes X amount of time to get from wherever that may be, south of town all the way to the north of town fire, it takes a little bit of time, unfortunately. And we can't just abandon whatever emergency we're at. So we do have to wait for um, that emergency to be over to get cleared to move on to the next one. And so with only so much staffing, we can obviously only run one call at a time until we have to call in our paid on call members. And so, yeah, it's been, a, we've we've seen multiple instances now where station four members have been able to get to their station and get to the scene and get water on the fire earlier than our uh, duty crews could because they were on other emergencies. So career staff, by that you mean the, the full-time firefighters? That, yes. And, and are you one of those? I am, you yes. Are. There okay. are, there's seven of us. Okay. And so there's two of us scheduled every day. And then we have a deputy chief and a fire chief, so nine total, if you will, career firefighters, but the deputy chief and fire chief are the regular 40-hour-a-week schedule, and their main duty is not to respond to calls. Okay. And so they, they absolutely assist us when in the daytime hours when they're there, and if it's a major incident or fires, they'll get in their own rigs and go to the scene, but um they don't work shift work, so okay. they go home at the end of the night, essentially. How many on-call um, volunteers do you have? Yes, so we have 48 spots at all times. Okay. We never have 48 members. Unfortunately, <laughs> like I was saying, recruitment and retention is very, very big and mm-hmm. um, hot topic right now in the fire service. And so Trust me, we in all, all services. Yes, exactly. <laughs> everyone, everyone understands the struggle and yep. what we're saying here. And so we never have all of our spots filled. We're always, always, always looking for help and people to apply. 
And so I believe, and I know I might get this number wrong and someone's going to tell me about it, but I believe we're around 42 members right now or somewhere in that general ballpark. So we do, we, we we always have a solid like six openings just because retirement and trying to fill those, it, it can be difficult. So um, there obviously has to be some, you know, physical requirements and things like that. So how does one say, hey, I want to give this a try or I want to do this? What what are the next steps? Yes. So we always have a posting online for paid on call members. And so you could go to the city website and under the employment tab, you should be able to find a, a posting where you can submit an application to be a paid on call member. So that doesn't mean... Uh, so that's a running posting. So it never closes. And that doesn't mean within a week you're going to have an interview. Right. So it, it's based on when we can get a fire class because obviously we have to be able to teach you the important things that are sure. going to keep you safe on a scene. And the classes are not conducive to give to one or two people. And so we do schedule them. I believe our next one will be February 1st of 2024. And so here shortly we're going to be looking at uh, really advertising and promoting our recruitment and our application process. And then so you'll submit an application. Our head of our hiring committee is Assistant Chief Chris Lobes. He will, uh, him and HR will get all those applications. They'll look through them. They'll call them in for an interview, I believe, is the first step. And then after the interview, you'll have your physical agility test. You have to go see a doctor to make sure you have the minimum physical requirements, just like an annual physical, essentially. Sure. Um, and pass, pass a background check, and then you'll go to through, through that process, and then you'll go to a chief interview. And after the chief interview, uh, contingent on that, you'd get um, offered a position, I believe. It's been a few years since I've been (laughs) going through it, so I might be a little rusty, but I know Assistant Chief Loeb's is very excited to come over and talk to you guys, so he will definitely be able to answer your questions more about that. Great, great. Uh, So Alexis, how did you get into this business? Yeah, so I came up to Bemidji. I'm from the cities, so Mm -hmm. I grew up down in Lakeville. I came up to Bemidji to play hockey for Bemidji State for four years from 2014 to 18 and got my degree here at BSU as well. And then after that, I left for a little bit. And then when I came back to do a a coaching position through the hockey team, that is when I got into the fire service. And so I I went to school to be a structural engineer at BSU. And um, I always knew I wasn't going to be a desk job. I'm just too antsy. I like to move and do things. And I knew that was not going to be conducive for me. And so really, really like um, being out in the community and giving back. I, I, I did not understand or respect how important that was to me when I was like a freshman in college, for example. You go do a lot of events and it just wasn't my thing at first. I didn't get enjoyment. And the more I did it through those four years of college, I really learned a lot about myself and uh, realized that that was something to my core that really made me happy. And so to me... I was always told by people uh, older than me that you have to find something that you love to do in in work or you're not going to have a good life that you enjoy at least. And so I found that that aspect was really important to me and brought me a lot of joy. And one of my teammates actually at BSU, her parents are both paid on call firefighters down in the cities in Maple Grove. 
and they kind of dropped the bug in my ear and then through some other personal experiences as a kid kind of all just brought it together and then that's why I kind of took a chance and became a paid on call member and instantly fell in love with it and caught the bug so stayed in it and found out that that's really what I wanted to do for my full-time career and so from that day forward I just started changing everything I was doing and gearing my life towards how to become a full-time firefighter and then two years ago I was uh, I was able to fulfill that dream of mine and I was I earned a position here as a career firefighter and probably one of the happiest days I've I've had in quite some time nice yeah well, you know what? Um, I think you, you nailed it when you said, you know, you didn't want to sit at the desk. So if people are interested in this, these are not people who want a job. These yes. are people who want something very, very different. Oh, yes, absolutely. And that's the awesome thing about the paid on call side, too, is you get to have your job um, and then also be a firefighter. So you got to get the best of both worlds if you have a passion for something else. And so... Our paid on call members, for the people that are a little unaware of how that dynamic works, is they carry around a pager if they choose, but we're kind of getting away from those. We're using this uh, silly thing that everyone carries around, a <laughs> cell phone. Yes, yes. <laughs> and there's an app, because there's an app for everything yeah, in this yeah. world. <laughs> they, uh, they'll get a message on there through the app that sets off their phone and alerts them that there's an emergency that we're, they're needed for, and then they'll respond to their stations. And so they're able to have their full full-time job, family, lives, whatever it may be throughout the day. And then the instances that they're called upon, if they're able to respond, they then respond to their station. And so it's, it's a, it's a good way for those people that even we have a, we have a couple of gentlemen in the last few years that are 49 years old and they applied and are on our fire department now and just started at 49 years old, which is the coolest thing to me. It may give them a little a little riff here or there just because yeah. it's fun, but <laughs> it's all in good intentions. And it's so cool to see, like, they dreamed about it as kids, driving the big red truck when this saw it drive by, drive by or in parades or whatever it may be, and now they're 49 years old and they they get to be that person. So wow, it's pretty that's, cool. Yeah. Well, you're listed as a firefighter and EMT, and I think that's worth noting. We think every time we hear the fire trucks go out that it's another fire. Actually, the majority of your calls are not fire-related, correct? Correct. No. So we go to car accidents, fire alarms, CO alarms, medicals, obviously fires. We go to so many different, we're an all-hazards department, so we have so many different tools and tricks and tips for lots of different instances. And so on top of that, too, we have a lot of guys that have gone through a lot of things, and they've put a lot of years and time into the department, so they've seen a lot of things, so they know how to kind of think on their feet and figure out those situations as well, even when new things come up. So okay. it's different compared to some places where they have a hazmat team, a ropes team, a water rescue team. We as a department are all those teams all together at all times. Wow. And what's your average day like? I mean, I know that there's time on and time off because when you when you do have a shift, it's not an eight-hour shift. Nope. So our <laughs> shifts are 24 hours long, and so yeah. we start at 8 a.m. And so, like, for example, I got off at 8 a.m. this morning. So I started 8 a.m. Wednesday morning, and I got off Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Okay. So you're there for 24 hours, and in that 24 hours, you're going to come in. The first 30 minutes is always the crew that's coming off will stay for 30 minutes after their shift just to – 
we call it the um, the table talk, or we call it muster. But it's mm-hmm. just it's like the it's the brotherhood and sisterhood time to bond with each other and have those fun conversations. There's a little bit of work talk sometimes, but for the most part, it's unfortunately hunting and fishing <laughs> and the stuff that I'm not as well versed at. But that's where you get to learn everyone's true passions. Like we have one guy who is super into airplanes, or well, a couple that are super into it, but one that uh, works at Air Corps, for example, and he he restores airplanes. He could tell you everything you probably ever wanted to know about any airplane there is. And so we'll talk about them a lot or even something silly like a video game. We'll, we'll just, that is just our time to be friends and talk and goof around essentially. And then at 830, we'll, the new crew is officially on and they're going to go check the truck. So they're going to go make sure everything's on the truck, all the equipment's working properly take a half hour to go through the the main engine that's going to go out the door for every call on the day and make sure everything's ready to go it's fueled correctly we got water in the tank we got air in our bottles our medical equipment is how we want it and spread out and ready just make sure we're ready to rock essentially and then on top of that we go check our own personal equipment to make sure that we're personally protected as well because obviously we go into some situations that you can't just go into your street clothes in and so Go make sure all of our equipment's set up how we want it and buy the truck so we are, we can have those quick response times that we strive for. Then after that, it kind of depends on what your role is. So between the seven of us, we kind of have all of our own um, specialties, if you will. And so, for example, I'm our public education coordinator, head of that little realm of our department. And so I'll be scheduling visits with schools or doing tours throughout the station and those types of things, just community events. Uh, we have other, like the gentleman I worked with yesterday is our training officer, so he'll work on all those types of documentation, scheduling, planning, making up any training that any guys miss that have to come in and redo or stuff like that. We kind of all have our own little realm, and so that. 10 to 12 time is kind of your time to do your stuff that wherever it may be, whether it's on the bay floor or in the watch room. And then we get lunch just like everyone else, Mm -hmm. unless we're on a call, obviously. And um, I guess that's one thing to note, too, is, yeah, we have from 10 to 12 to do our things, but you're not ever guaranteed that time. So if if the bell rings, the bell rings and you got to go out the door. And so you squeeze it in when you can. But then, yeah, you come back and hopefully grab some lunch at some point. And then we we really hope to try and do at least 30 minutes of training at some point throughout our day. And there's different ways to do it, whether it's a table talk training or physical hands-on training. There's all sorts of different ones that we can do, but hopefully do that at some point in every one of our shifts because we are expected to know a lot of skills and either use it or lose it is what I've always learned. And so got to keep freshening up on the new things and everything changes too. So got to keep refreshing on new skills and new techniques that come out and then after that from at about five o'clock we get rid of those bosses and they <laughs> get out the door and we can uh that's kind of our 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 cool down time or our chill time so it's not expected for the whole 24 hours that you're there working right in the sense of yes we're always going to go on a call at any time of the day but sitting in the uh, watch room and doing stuff on the computer. It's not expected you do that the full 24. Right. And so then at five o'clock is when we'll start 
having the dinner discussion because we always eat dinner as a family, as a crew. So we'll do that. We'll kind of just watch TV, hang out, decompress from the day. Some people will work out at that point. You can go shower if you want, and then bedtime rolls around after you do some chores. You go sleep when you can, and then because we do have a couple beds there, and then if the bell rings, you get up and you go, and the next morning we wake up, do a few more chores, and same process repeats over and over. <laughs> well, it was really cool to get the behind-the-scenes look at everything that goes on in the department. I think people... You know, need to need to hear that every now and then so they can appreciate everything that actually is happening with the fire department. But let's get back to, to wrap it up uh, to the A topic, which is your big grand opening at Station 4. That is Saturday the 23rd, starting at what time? 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. And other than our, our truck push-in ceremony that we're hoping to have around 1.30, we're going to have cake, refreshments there. We'll have some games for kids to play. We'll have... A display of the equipment that you could see so you can get some hands-on experience with some of the tools that we use as firefighters. It's really a day that we want the community to make about them, their needs, their questions, whatever they want to see. So kids can climb through trucks, we'll show equipment, we'll let you see anything that you've ever wanted to see when it comes to a firefighter in to an extent, obviously, yeah. but it's one of those days that it's all about the community. And so just being able to share our new home with them is huge. And we've been excited for over a year about this. Just finally, the timing has worked out well that this was a day that we could do it. And so we're hoping to get a really good turnout and share some cake and cookies and maybe some soda or a water, whatever it may be, and uh, show show what our passion is and hopefully share that with the community that allows us to have that passion. And just so you know how to get there, put it in Google Maps. What is the address? 920 Winter Sumac Road, Northeast. All right. Alexis Joyce is a firefighter EMT with the City of Bemidji. Great conversation today. Alexis, thanks for being here. We appreciate it. Yes, thank you very much for having me, and we look forward to seeing everyone on Saturday. Chatabout has been sponsored by Higgins Heating, Air Conditioning, and Refrigeration, Bemidji Chrysler Center, Honda of Bemidji, and Beltrami Electric Cooperative. Coming up on tomorrow's show, Autumn Hoopla for the United Way. We'll have the details on the big event coming up Saturday, October 7th with Donnell. That's it for Chatabout today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thanks for being here.